if you guys have had the privilege of seeing the movie Zoolander, you would know that there is a place, there's a scene where uh, male model, Derek Zoolander, his life is falling apart. He has just lost his career. It's over. His best friends have just died in this freak gas station explosion. It's a comedy. That's why people are laughing if you haven't seen the movie. They're not mean people laughing at this. And then, and then third, his father is embarrassed of him. And so he walks out of this bar and he looks up in the sky and he says, like looking up to God, and he says, who am I? And what he's trying to get at is, Everything is falling apart around me. What am I supposed to do to become who I'm made to be? There's a version of me I need to become. What do I need to do now to become who I'm made to be? And when we, when humanity, when we pause and reflect on our life, when we really think about it, maybe something, something happens in our life that, life that startles us, and we begin to think, one of the things we always ask is, who am I? And an even harder question to answer is, how do I become who I'm made to be? That's what today's about. Today's all about growing into who you're made to become. And that's what Jesus wants to bring us to today. That's what Jesus wants to teach us. And he's showing us here, right here, he's showing us the secret of how to become who we're made to be. So we're in John 15, verses 1 through 8. It's up on the screen. Here's what it says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So Jesus says we are like branches and we're called to bear fruit. So what does Jesus mean? What does it mean to have a life that is bearing fruit? Well, if a branch is not bearing fruit, then the branch is not doing, it's not being what it's made to be. So to bear fruit is about breaking through into who you really are. It's about shedding your old skin and having the new skin that you are made to have. And it's about sprouting into who you're made to be. This world around us, naturally, everything is in decay. Everything is decaying around us. And what Jesus is saying to us is that he's telling us, tap into a source that is outside of this world that can be brought into this world that can help you grow into who you're made to be. This is about spiritual nourishment. And it's about a spiritual nourishment, nourishment that changes everything about you because you are finally connected in to the root of life. So to bear fruit, 
What is fruit? To bear fruit is about a life filled with love. It's about you seeing yourself love people around you and saying, oh my gosh, I didn't think I was capable of loving this way. What is happening to me? It's not in an arrogant way. It's, it's in a very humble way. Like, I didn't think I was capable of loving the people this way. What is happening to me? It's like you're shocking yourself at the things you're doing because you are connected into a love that is from outside of this world that you are connected to that's coming through you and out into the world. And to bear fruit is about happiness, but it's not a happiness that's circumstantial. It's about a happiness that only comes by being connected into the source. And it's about a life of meaning because you know that you are connected to something outside of this world. And so that means that the things you are doing today are echoing on into eternity because of what you're connected to. And then fruit is about joy and contentment and offering that same joy and contentment to others. When you bear fruit, you are nourishing the people around you because you're giving them fruit. You're nourishing them because you first are being nourished. So there's a version of an orange that it's made to become. And if the branches aren't bearing any fruit, then the branches aren't doing what it's meant to do. And we're the branches. So a healthy branch is bearing healthy fruit. So the question is, if someone were to take a bite out of the fruit that you're producing in your life, what would that fruit taste like? Would it taste good? Would it taste sour? Would it taste bitter? Are you ready for someone to take a bite of that fruit that you're producing. You're saying, wait, 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 I don't want you to take a bite yet. There's a few things I need to do first. There's a few things I need to go get done. I need to change a little bit. And once I do, then you can take the bite of the fruit. And so here's what you have to ask yourself. Are you filled with love, not just for your family and friends, but are you filled with love for people that are difficult to love? Are you filled with love for, for people who have a, have a personality that com- conflicts with your personality? I'm convinced that God is making us all unique. And one of the things that he's like loving and laughing about is that he's created us so unique that there are people whose personality com- conflicts with our personality. And he's put them there so that we will learn to really love. Because it's easy to love your family. It's easy to love your friends. Some of you guys are like, no, it's not. But yeah, it is compared to people who are complete conflict with you. The Bible talks about unity all of the time. And I'm telling you, unity is impossible in your friendship groups, in your family, in the church. If you cannot truly have love and patience for people. If you can't truly have fruit that is showing love and patience for people. So if people had access to your entire life, like there was a video of your entire life, and they took a survey about your life, and they had access to everything, what would they say? And as I'm asking this question to you, you're replying, okay, that was not good. This is good. I want people to see this. But as you're, as you're thinking about that question, one of the mistakes that you're probably making because you want to change the video a little bit or you want to say, wait, don't watch it yet. Let me do a few things first. One of the mistakes you're probably making is something we all make is when you think about change, when you think about growth, you're thinking about behavior modification. 
Typically, when we think of growth, that's what we're thinking of. Let me change my behavior. But Jesus has more in mind for you than that. So behavior modification says, okay, I'm acting this way right now, and I need to act that way. So here's some strategies that I can have in my life so that I can change my behavior a bit. Like you say, okay, I don't like the way I act when I'm around these people. So I'm not going to hang around these people anymore because they make me act this way. Or you say, every time I'm alone, I keep doing things I don't want to be doing. I don't want to do the things I'm doing when I'm alone. So I'm just not going to be alone anymore. And essentially, the problem, though, is not the people. And it's not that you're alone. The problem is something going on internally. And behavior modification, what it does is it takes fruit. And it makes fruit look good on the outside, but on the inside, it's nasty. It's like rotten. If you aren't experiencing this deep internal change within you, the only logical conclusion is that you're not connected into the root for nourishment. Now that means we've got to get connected to the root of life to be nourished, to become who we're made to become. So Jesus is teaching us. He says, he's the bran- we are the branches, he is the vine. So here's what he's saying by that. You know, our image is of a tree. We have the branches, we have the fruit on the branches, and then we have the trunk, and then we have the root. But what Jesus, the culture he's speaking to, they have just vine and branches. So the vine is the root, and the branches are what produces the fruit, and that's us. And here's what he's saying. All of us are in a spiritual decay. And we are in need to take hold of a root that will give us life, that will reverse the effects of decay. And what he's showing us is there are all kinds of false roots that we take hold of. If you aren't connected to the root of life, you're going to take hold of some type of root. And what it's doing is that root is tricking you into thinking that you're being nourished even though you actually aren't. So I've been tricking our daughter with a false root. You say, that's mean. Well, hold on. Let me explain. Uh, Babies, infants, they do this thing. It's called cluster feeding. And it happens, for some reason, Harlow our daughter, and all babies want to cluster feed at night. They want to sleep during, they want to be awake during the day, and they want, no, they want to sleep during the day and be awake at night. And so that's what Harlow's doing. And so to get her to fall asleep, I'm tricking her by giving her a pacifier so that she thinks, uh, she gets all calm because she thinks that she's, well, you know, she's being nourished, but she's actually not. I'm tricking her, okay? Because I want her to just fall asleep so we can get some sleep. And by the way, we're, this is so funny, we're at the hospital, um, and after Harlow is born, an, a lactation consultant comes in. So a lactation consultant. So if you look back there, that room, that's the mother's nursing area. So the lactation consultant is someone who goes back into that room and says, what you're doing, here's how you can do better. So whatever happens in that room, the lactation consultant goes in and says, here's how you can do this better. So the lactation consultant comes into our room, and she says, this is complete seriousness. I asked her, uh, why do babies want to cluster feed at night. Why do they all want to do that at night? And she says, complete seriousness, she says, well, it's probably because of when we used to live in caves and the wolves hunted at night. And so babies have evolved into cluster feeding at night so the wolves don't get them. 
Now, I'm not saying anything about evolution right now. All I'm saying is that was an amazing answer. So at night now, whenever Harlow wakes up, we say, oh, the wolves. <laughs> so, but, but here, here's, what, here's what we're, what's happening. If I kept giving her a passy, pacifier, if I kept giving her a pacifier and never let her go to the root to be nourished, she would waste away. She would die because she's not being nourished. So we have all kinds of false roots that we keep going to that we think are nourishing us but not. Here's another way to think about it. So we have the electrical outlets in our house, and you have a lamp. And in order for the lamp to be what the lamp is created to be, the lamp has to be plugged into the electrical outlet so it can light up the room. And if the lamp isn't connected to the outlet, then it can't light up the room. And the same thing is with us. If we don't get connected to Christ, the root, then we will not become what we're made to be. We won't do what we're made to, to do. So I want to show you, here are the false roots that we think are nourishing us but actually aren't. So I'm going to show you just some of them that we have in our lives. So the first one I want you to see, and, and this is something that, that I guarantee you we're all falling for this, and our culture keeps telling us to do this. And here's what it says. Muster up the strength within you to grow. What you've got to do is you've got to start believing in yourself. And if you can just believe in yourself, then you're going to be able to accomplish so much more. Now listen, Jesus says, here's what he says, listen, you can do, that's, this is not the kind of growth Jesus is talking about. There's a much deeper growth. And here's what he says, you can do nothing apart from me. I mean, that is a, that is a offensive claim, but he's making it. Now, here's what this means. When he says you can do nothing apart from me, he's essentially saying this. The same way that the lamp can do nothing apart from the outlet, we can do nothing if we aren't connected to Christ. So the lamp could, can do a lot of things. It could be decoration. It could be a paperweight. But it can't do what it's made to do unless it's connected to the outlet. In the same way with us, we can do all kinds of things but we're never going to become who we're made to be unless we're connected to Christ. That's what the claim is he, that he is making. And listen, by the way, trying to muster up the strength within you to grow, this is the same thing as something that is in decay itself. Something that's wasting away, something that's dying. If you're trapped on a, on a deserted island all by yourself, there's no food, and you say to yourself, I'm going to nourish myself from within. What you're saying is I'm going to allow my body to eat itself away. You'll have to nourish yourself by your body and eventually you're going to be gone. There's nothing left. You can't nourish yourself from within. Your body's just going to eat itself. So you can't become who you're made to become from within you. So then once we realize this, or maybe we don't even realize that this is happening, we just naturally do this. Here's another thing we do. There are things in your life that give you meaning they give you joy and give you purpose. All right, so think of whatever those things are. Now, here's what we tend to do. We tend to go to those things and make those things our root. We tend to say, give me life. Life comes from you. Remember, fruit. Fruit, fruit is something that, gives, that nourishes you, that gives you joy, that gives you uh, peace, that gives you meaning, that gives you value. And so... You have things in your life that you go to for this. A great example is our family, our friends, 
our jobs. We go to these things to give us joy, contentment, and meaning. And, and they can. They can give us this temporarily. But when we make them our ultimate source for growth, for joy, we make them our ultimate source of happiness, our ultimate source of meaning and purpose, here's what happens. Something begins to happen. We begin to drain them of life because they are our root. We are dependent upon them to get joy, to get happiness, to get meaning. And so then we start actually draining them of life. And here's a way that we get drained of life. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you, you, maybe you have a friend. And that friend's going through something hard. So you go and you're like, okay, I need to be there for my friend. So you go and meet with your friend and you're talking. And they're just letting it all out. They're going through something hard and they're just letting it all out. Their, their burdens are just pouring out. And you're listening and you're being a good friend. But by the end of the conversation, here's what you, has probably happened. Your friend feels way better and you feel way worse. You feel like you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders and you feel like you have just been drained. And if all of your friends did that to you all at the same time, you would be in the exact same situation as them. You've got nothing left to give, especially if you are not connected to the source that gives you nourishment. We're draining people of life more than we realize. And we're trying to get meaning from the people that we love, but we're actually draining them of life. And here's what, here's what it sounds like. If, if we are going to people for meaning in life, here, here's, here's what it sounds like. And maybe you've said this. Just maybe you got in an argument with your spouse and you hear yourself say this or whatever. It goes like this. I just feel like I give and I give and I give and I'm not getting anything back. <laughs> Someone's saying that. <laughs> It's just, I pour out my life and I feel like I'm not getting any love in return. I don't, feel like anybody, I don't feel like anybody cares. I don't feel like anybody's hearing me. I don't feel like I'm getting anything back and I'm just keeping on giving and giving and giving. And I'm not saying you shouldn't feel loved by your family. You should. But in order to serve them, which most of us do this, most of us do this, we have made them a root to some degree if we need something back from them. We're drawing something back from them. We're, we're serving them to get something, whatever it might be, meaning or purpose or value or just love back. We're, if we need it back, it's because we have to some degree made them a root in our life. I mean, just start watching yourself with your family, with your friends, with your jobs. You will notice yourself doing this probably more than you realize you're doing it if you start really looking. And life in this world, what it really looks like, it looks like a bunch of people who are dependent on each other to be nourished by each other. Now, while that's a beautiful picture, what's happening is everybody is draining each other of life. We're needy of people. We're saying, just love me. Just appreciate me. Just value me. I just want you to celebrate me. Can you just celebrate me a little bit? I mean, look at all the things I've been doing. Come on, just appreciate me and love me. Aren't I wonderful? And that is trying to feel loved and nourished by a root that won't ever deliver for you. People are not meant to be our root. 
they can be like fertilizer. They can help us connect to the root. They can help point us to the root. They can help us go to the root that we need to go to. But if we make them our ultimate root, ultimately what we're doing is we're draining them of life. And still, if we do that, they still won't have enough life in them to give us what we need and they'll never satisfy us. We're in need of a greater source. So here's the, Jesus, here's the claim Jesus makes. Your only source of true growth is him. And the degree that you're connected to Christ is the degree that you are bearing fruit and growing. And Christ is claiming he's the only source of growth because only he isn't, you got to hear this, he's claiming he's the only source of growth because only he isn't drained by you. Everything else is drained by you, only he isn't. Why? Because he isn't part of creation. He's the creator. This is the claim the Bible keeps making about Jesus, that he's the creator and sustainer of life. This is a, this is a, a magnificent claim. This is, a, this is a claim of great magnitude that he is the one that's sustaining life and that he is the one that's created life. Something that is created, listen, something that is created is always dependent upon something else to be nourished. Always. But the creator is totally independent, reliant on nothing to be. So you could say, like, for example, wind, I think it's a wind turbine, right, that spins and produces energy. Okay, so you could say a wind turbine, well, that's producing energy, that's producing nourishment. Well, no, the wind turbine is dependent upon the wind. We could say, okay, well, the wind. No, well, the wind is existing because the earth is rotating, or there's all kinds of reasons why there's wind. Or you could say, okay, the hurricanes are going to hit next year. I don't want to lose power, so I'm going to get a generator. And that generator is going to be the source that powers my house. Yeah, but the generator is dependent upon fuel. And you can't get fuel except for in the, go get it in the earth, however you do that. And you go do that, well, eventually it's going to run out. And even if the earth is producing more fuel, well, the earth is dependent upon the sun to be able to produce energy to create all of these things. So everything is dependent upon something else if it's part of creation. It's only when you go to the creator that you have found the source for true spiritual nourishment and growth. Everything else runs out. Now, when you actually connect to him, you're going to find yourself loving more, you're going to find, find more and more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. You're going to find in you the ability to serve people the way you had not yet served them before. And if you're, connected to, if you're not connected to Christ in, in trying to serve people, here's what happens. You serve, but if you're serving someone, you've got to draw some, from somewhere else. You've got to draw nourishments from somewhere else. And so you're robbing something else of nourishment in order to serve somebody else. So something else has to serve you in order for you to serve. And you're draining that thing of something. But in Christ, he can sustain all things. Now, if you're connected to him, here's what you've got to know. This is key to knowing this because otherwise your life is going to be completely frustrating. 
sometimes growth is fast and sometimes growth is very slow. And it's all dependent upon the environment that you're in. So you take a tree and a tree might be in decay, but then once that tree starts drawing from the root, it starts to be nourished. But if the environment or the conditions around that tree aren't good, then the growth is going to be slow. And for some of you, you're so frustrated about how slowly you are growing. And the, the reason is probably you're connected to Christ, but you're not growing as fast as you want. This is me. I mean, I, I drive myself crazy all the time because I can't be who I know I'm made to become. And so the problem is the conditions around us. But we don't need to fret about this. Because we're connected to the root, so growth is happening. And it might be slow growth, but a lot of times slow growth is the healthiest kind of growth. Now, some of you are Christians and you haven't connected to Christ in a while. And your growth is dependent upon connecting to him. And the people in your life are dependent upon you connecting to him because otherwise you're going to have to go find nourishment somewhere and so you'll go to the people in your life for it and you'll be draining them without even realizing it, without doing it on purpose. And if you've never gone to him, I want to encourage you to just be open-minded about him. Just be open-minded about the possibility of him and be open-minded about the roots that you are going to in life in the potential that they aren't delivering for you like you really need them to. I mean, what is the root in your life that you're going to and is it delivering? What would it look like to make him as the root? All right, so then, now we got to ask, how do we connect to him? And what Jesus has done is he's giving, uh, given us connectors of how to get connected to him more and more and more. So the same way, if you take a power outlet and you take your phone, you got to get your phone to charge up. And so you connect it to a phone charger. Well, the same way Jesus has given us some chargers in our life in order to connect to him. So here's the first charger. The first charger is his word. It's the Bible. In fact, Jesus and, and his word are so closely connected that Jesus actually is called the word made flesh. I want, you, I want you to hear this. There is absolutely too much at stake than to just ignore what's written in the Bible. I mean, you look at the movement of Christianity, you look at what has happened, you look how it's changing people, you look at the lives that people are willing to live for the sake of the glory of God, and you say, wait, I better at least consider that this is a possibility. And so here's what I would suggest. Open up the Bible. Say, okay, I'm going to read the words of Christ. What is he claiming about himself? And I'm going to read what the people in the Bible are saying about him. And then this is, so you do that. And the second thing is prayer. This is another charger, another connector. And here's, so here's what you do. Open up the Bible. And then as you're reading, you say, God, help me make sense of all of this. God, whatever is keeping me back from you, whatever it is, if it's my sin, God, please forgive me of it. Just, I want to connect with you, so help me connect with you. And go to him with vulnerability and go to him with humility. And the third thing, the way that he says to connect to him, is through the church. In fact, Jesus actually says the church is his body and he is the head. 
So when you connect to the church, you're connecting right into Christ. And I'm not saying that the church hasn't failed in some major ways throughout history, and I'm not saying the church isn't failing today, because it is. But if the church will stay connected to the word, connected to Christ through the word and through prayer, then you can come into the church and be connected right into Christ. Now, here's, here's how to do that. Here's how to do that in the church. One, come on Sunday mornings and make it a, a rhythm in your life that you stay committed to doing. One, Two, get with people in the church and open up the Bible with them and get in prayer with them. And as you do this, don't expect this shock of growth to happen in your life because it doesn't work that way. But what will happen is you'll notice, well, it usually doesn't, but what what you'll notice is over a period of a year, I mean, if you go all in with Christ and if you go all in into the church, you're going to notice that you've grown in ways that you didn't think you could. But you've got to give yourself time. We're like wine. I mean, we need, to, we need to mature over a period of time. And we need to just give, give a, we need space to just sit and just think through the things that Christ has claimed about himself. Jesus says, where two or more gather in my name, there I am present, connected. All right, but ultimately, you can't leave here without knowing this. Ultimately, the only reason that you can connect to him at all is because he first came and connected to our world that is in decay. He came and connected to us as we were spiritually in decay, and he came in to be known by us. He comes into a world that is eating itself alive in order to be sustained. And so God, in Christ, here's what he does. He comes fully into decay. And he comes into the end of decay, which is death. So the root of life enters into death on the cross. And then, as the root of life has gone into death on the cross, here's what he does. He starts creating again. He starts making life again. So that, that which is dead, dead might take hold of their creator again and live as we were meant to live. In the resurrection, give life to all who will take hold of him. And by doing that, that which is life enters into death so that that which is dead can take hold of life and live. So take hold of him. If it's the first time, take the risk and take hold of him. If you haven't taken hold of him in a long time, stop waiting. Just go to him. And if you took hold of him this morning, take hold of him again and again and again because he and he alone is the one who creates you more and more into who you are made to be. He's our nourishment. And there's going to be tons of reasons why you shouldn't go to him in your mind. And all those reasons are keeping you from the true root of life. So just go. All right, let's pray. Father, help us to go to you. Help us to go to your son. Help, Jesus, help us to come to you and, and just take hold of you as our hope 
to become who we're made to be. God, we ask this question, who am I? We want to know who we are in you. We want to be able to say who we are and our worth is not wrapped up in our accomplishments, but in your accomplishment. That we would take, that we would lay down everything that we are trying to take hold of that says who we are, and we would just take hold of you and let you tell us who we are, and let you be the one who nourishes us to help us become who we're made to be. And God, as we come and take hold of you, don't let us go. You promise us that you won't. And so if we have taken hold of you, but we're running from you now, grab hold of us and bring us back. And God, if we're hesitant taking hold of you, show us all the reasons why we ought to. God, fill us with the grace that you've promised. Let us not forget. Let us remember you daily to take hold of you, our root, so that we might live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.